and boom goes the dime. Welcome to episode 69, Nice, of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me today is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how are you, man? I'm feeling pretty nice, Jeff. Uh, are you? It's a nice day. Yes, actually, no, I, I, I'm, you know, for the bit, yes, but in real <laughs> life, no, I feel like shit. Uh, you, oh, no. you saw, you heard no, uh, can cracking at the opening of this podcast this week, uh, because I did plenty of that yesterday. And uh, I would like to recover. We, I am are we a little hungover. Hungover. <laughs> yes, I, I celebrated a day of birth yesterday. Uh, the, the only way you can during these unprecedented times, which is uh, get drunk in the kitchen. There you go. Are you? Are you? Uh, it's not your baby, of course. No, uh, wait, baby. I didn't have a baby. I had a birthday. Oh, birthday. I thought you said. Day of, yes. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. It was your birthday. Oh, shit. It, it was, was my birthday. Yes. Well, you yes. Mentioned, you, well, you and I'm the hungover one. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, happy birthday, bro. How, how old, man? Uh, I'm 33. 33 years young. The same age as uh, our Lord Jesus Christ when he was crucified. Much like I'm crucified for my takes on this podcast every week. So uh, <laughs> it's very fitting, I think, personally. I'm betrayed daily by the Judas in my mind. So being the same age as Jesus is uh, a very fitting uh, uh, progression for well, me. It, it, well, if it helps, I'm going to be 48 uh, come April. So, you know, it's... Uh, yes. I mean, Jeff was there when wrestling was invented. It's actually the 49th anniversary of New Japan's first show. Uh, yes, it is, in fact. Yeah, yeah as, as, I, I, as I mentioned on on Sorcerer Story this week. But yes, it, it, today is the actual anniversary of New Japan Pro Wrestling, forty uh, ninth, uh, and they actually had their show at the same locale that they had their very first show. Yeah, so happy birthday to me, and happy birthday to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Indeed. So the forbidden doors open, and we'll all make you a cake. That's right. Um, on that note, can we talk about how Tony Khan this week flexed his muscles and? Proved to be possibly the the actual most powerful man in American pro wrestling right now. Tony Khan had a banner week. Uh, a lot has come out about Tony Khan, uh, both with some of the moves he made, the moves he's uh, rumored to be making, and also uh, some very interesting news about Tony uh, coming to light that he revealed. So yeah, let's get into a, like the week in TK. Well, it started out with uh, the hot rumors of... NXT actually moving to Tuesday soon after WrestleMania. W's in chat, boys. The Wednesday Night Wars are coming uh, to a close. Uh, looks like WWE's con- going to concede some ground there. Yeah, that that and is. And they're going to start like talking shit about how they're beating Impact in the ratings every week. Like, <laughs> see, we're the number one show on Tuesday nights. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they'll spin it somehow. But yeah, so much for the Wednesday Night Wars, huh? That was a Wednesday night skirmish. Yeah, that a was Wednesday night uh, dust up. Sort sorte, you might say. Oh, a, oh, a quagmire. Oh, a, there a scrum. <laughs> but uh, a hullabaloo. But uh, yeah, that that that's kind of wild. But that's t- interesting. Yeah, I think 
we'll see what they do. Um, it's probably the right move, you know, for them. And also, I think it's going to bring up the viewership numbers of both shows. So ultimately, it's probably right for everybody. And, uh, you know, cool. I, th- I expect uh, AEW to be topping a million viewers a week. And I expect NXT's viewership to probably get up in the eight to nine hundred thousands weekly as well. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. But how I that still happens. think Dynamite is going to do better numbers overall on Wednesday than NXT does on Tuesdays for the time being. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I have nothing to say about the the quality or whatnot of NXT because I don't, you know, watch any WWE product. But... Yeah, I assume very WWE. NXT still knows how to put on good matches, but I think Shawn Michaels' influence there is felt a little too much. Uh, his booking style and kind of the direction he's leading people in creatively feels a little one-dimensional whenever I pop in. Uh, I think, you know, NXT fans, people that are watching the show more dedicatedly can probably speak more on that. But that's what it feels like as an outside observer. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, I, 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 I've said in other forms what my feelings about Shawn Michaels are. So, um, uh, I mean, you know, uh, this is Bret Hart gang on this podcast. So, well, no, I, you know what? Uh, you, you, you've never heard me, my opinion about Bret Hart either. So, <laughs> and you probably don't want to uh, on that note. So sounds like I don't. You might want to move on, yeah, Jeff. We, we might want to move on. But, <laughs> but also, uh, Tony Khan also showed his influence when a um, a show that was a, a very vaguely announced women wrestling for women's charity event came up. Oh, God, and, we got to talk about this? Oh, oh yeah, we are going to talk about this. Yeah, I guess we got to talk about this. Yeah, That's why he dedicating to. time on this podcast to this asshole. Well, I understand, but it, it goes to the power of Tony Khan this week, though. Because Yeah, I mean, he made the right gesture. Because um, it, it, rumors started abounding that this was actually being put on by one Joseph Meehan. And if you look at the poster, he kind of hid himself. He, he was He's a little guy. He's a little guy on the poster. Yeah, he, hidden very, very well on the poster because I had to look a couple of times before I actually spotted him. And uh, Tony Khan immediately got on Twitter once the, the rumors started flying. And uh, Tony Khan just said, uh, if Joey Ryan is involved with this in any way, shape, or form, uh, you will not have AEW talents on there. And, Which, you know, obviously, the right call. And all of a sudden, the tweet was deleted, and then later in the night, the account was deleted. Yes, and good and good. Get the fuck out of wrestling, Joey Ryan. Go away forever. Yeah, fuck you. Go away forever. Yeah, it was right. It was right. Gargle gargle donkey shit, Joseph Meehan. How about that? Ultimately, it's not like something that Tony needed to do because I'm assuming that the AEW talent that was originally involved, as soon as they found out, would have pulled themselves off the show anyway. But Um, it was a gesture for Tony to make. I don't expect Sonny Kiss to be on that show if Joey Ryan, if they find out Joey Ryan's there. Right, but Uh, Brian Cage. I don't expect Brian Cage, on the other hand, kind of iffy. Maybe, but I, you know, it seemed you know people started uh, removing themselves from that show as soon as the information came out. Nobody wants to work with this guy except for maybe possibly a couple people, and those people are being outed. The people that ran interference for him, and uh, they should be, you know, oh if they, uh, Pinky Sanchez was a name that came up. Uh, a oh, couple other indie guys. Oh no. Um, yeah. So I know, like they, uh, I think VXS cut ties with Pinky and uh, and anyone else that was involved in running interference for Joey Ryan. And if, you know, you're a wrestler that was involved in running interference with Joey Ryan, you should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, you know, you have to live with yourself now. Uh, and, yeah, it was the right move to, to distance themselves 
from all that bullshit. Uh, and, and as independent wrestling, you know, continues an effort to clean up the sport a little bit. Uh, AEW relies heavily on the independent pipeline. AEW Dark features a lot of indie talent. They want to work with indie wrestling. Uh, this is the way forward to do it. So uh, good. Good on Tony Khan. Good on any of the talent that immediately said, uh, no, I'm not going to work this show. You know, it's funny, too. Also, uh, fuck Joyce Meyer Ministries and they're like charlatan, evangelical, uh, uh, super grifting. That was the charity. was a Joyce Meyer charity. And uh, yeah, so that was like money for another private jet for Joyce Meyer. So great stuff all around. Yeah. Well, again, Tony Khan flexing that that uh, that muscle and holy Jesus. Let's talk about some other uh, Tony Khan muscle. Tony Khan's mind muscle on the Internet wrestling forums of old. Yeah, you, you, you dropped something on me here just before we started recording. Yeah, so I'm not as familiar with this, so I'd like you to kind of take me through it. Uh, it came to light recently. Tony did an interview where he admitted that he was the guy who started the DVDVR sleaze thread, a very oh famous uh, uh, piece of Internet forum history. I was never really a forums guy, Jeff, uh, so I'm aware of this like as a piece of lore, but I'm not very familiar with the details. So give me a quick fill in on the, what this is and why it's significant that Tony Khan was the guy who started it. So uh, DVD VR, of course, is Death Valley Driver Video Review, a uh, board I used to be on uh, a while back. And uh, the sleaze thread was basically just anywhere you could put any sort of really nasty, uh, depraved rumors about wrestlers. Um, mm. re- or or it truths it, it turns out because the um Jimmy Snuka murdering someone in Allentown Pennsylvania uh ended up on that thread. Yeah, I think Jerry the King Lawler stuff was on that thread. Yeah, Is that Jerry right? Jerry the King Lawler um stuff about uh Kensuke Sasaki and Akira Hokuto being very noisy. Mm. And interesting. Uh, yeah. It's you know, so just things like that and the idea that Tony Khan started now, obviously, you know, not one person contribute, you know, did this. This is like a whole. It took a whole forum to to make this. Yeah, list. it takes a village. It takes but, a village to post, folks. But if Tony Khan was indeed one of the starters of this thread, my mind is absolutely blown. I, I was recently reminded that. Um, Tony Khan was at the show where. Um, Chris Jericho wrestled Sabu in ECW. It was like oh wow, Jericho's second to last appearance. Yeah, Tony Khan has talked about before that you know his dad would fly him over to Philly for ECW shows. Uh, you know, Tony Khan really lived that rich kid life to about you know a wrestling fan's ideal standard. Like if you know you're a wrestling fan with Tony Khan money, he really made the most of it growing up, man. Uh, he did, and look where and look where it's gotten him now. Yeah, I mean it's pretty amazing that like a poster is now like the head of like the biggest wrestling company to come out in decades. I mean, it, it it is pretty wild. I mean, there's still you know a lot of rich boyness you know as part oh, yeah. of this, but dude, he's a billionaire. Like it's never going away. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, I mean, look what he did, though. I mean, again, I mean, not not only just, you know, with the sleeves thread, but what he did this week alone. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, he, he made WWE blink and he shut down a Joey Ryan scam. 
Absolutely. And he also cut another fun promo on Impact. The Impact promos are fun. I will make sure I check those out because him and Shivani do seem to be having a really good time making them. Uh, and it's the most personality you see out of TK when he does those. He really steps into like the most uh, you'll see of like a character that he's developed on this show. Well, right. Uh, but it's, 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 he doesn't do character work on Dynamite. No, because he does. He's not an on-screen character on Dynamite. So which, no, but which, he's which, turned himself into a bit of an on-screen character on Impact. And I think that's cool. Well, it's fine if he wants to be an on-screen character on somebody else's show. <laughs> yeah, I think that rocks. That's a really good way to do it. Yeah, it is. Um, I just also want to point out, too, that um, at, at the same time that Joey Ryan's uh, scam was getting shut down, uh, New Japan did uh, admit that, yeah, we're not going to use... Uh, they, they, they were shamed into not using Marty Skrull, so uh, good, 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 on, good, on, good on New Japan. Get the fuck out of here. So, on that note, let's move on to the uh, the Sunday and Monday editions of the Women's Eliminator Tournament. Now, another thing that Tony Khan pulled this week uh, was because Bleacher Report kind of sort of, whether intentional or not, reneged on the Women's Eliminator show on, on Bleacher Report being uh, able to be shown internationally. He just said, fuck this, and threw the whole show on YouTube during the yeah, premiere. Yeah, some sort of uh, uh, what's being like uh, leveraged as a misunderstanding of some sort, some sort of problem with rights agreements or with airing dates. Somebody fucked up somewhere, and it's a pretty major fuck up, Chef. Like, when you talk about television that, you know, ostensibly hundreds of thousands of people are watching, right. to make a programming error of this magnitude really doesn't bode well for your uh, over-the-top streaming service you're trying to get off the ground. Uh, so someone fucked up. Didn't work out. Tony Khan, again, another quick solution to that problem. Just said, okay, it's going on YouTube. Everyone watch it. You know, uh, we won't make a big deal out of that. It was, again, the right move. Uh, you know, obviously they can still monetize that and figure it out somewhere. So someone's going to get paid back. But, man, if, if you're the person responsible, person or persons responsible for that, you're not really feeling great. Yeah, right. Um, so let's get into the um, – so let's get into uh, those shows of the Sunday edition uh, open up with a six-person uh, tag match. Pardon me, excuse me. Um, it was uh, AEW Women's Champion Hikaru Shida, um, Mei Saruya, and Rin Katakura versus uh, Emi Sakura, Vaini, and, of course, the, the darling of everybody, Maki Ito. Ito! And... Boy, did Maki Ito put on a performance in this. This was a really, really good six-person tag. Uh, everybody put on a really good performance. But yeah, Maki Ito was great. I really enjoyed uh, seeing uh, Hikaru Shida and Ito share the ring. They had really great chemistry. It's just you, you forget that, you know, Shida came from that world, and she's uh, not very far removed from, you know, her career in Joshi. And she's worked with a lot of these talents that, you know, we're starting to see stateside more and more. And I think, uh, you know, the more talent they can get back over into AEW, that gives her more options of, of really good matches that she can have. Uh, this was a good example of that. Um, I'm just going to say, I, I think that the, the, the bit with uh, 
Emmy Sakura doing a rolling uh, Romero specials, which ended with a Maki Ito Kokeshi in the, that in was the very Romero cool. special. I love There were some very good tag spots all around. This was just a hot tag team match. It was very, very well executed and a really uh, fun start to that show. God damn it. They're going to make Joshi loyalists out of all of us. And I mean, I, I like Joshi. You should I be. Don't... You should already be a Joshi loyalist. I, I should be, not, but I, yeah. Uh, I, I, keep watching. You know? Yeah, my, my Joshi is not what it should be, given all the pro rest I've watched, you know? It, it... Yeah, I think this is, you know, one of the really uh, positive parts of this talent exchange and AEW, you know, searching in different parts of the world than, you know, mainstream wrestling has been in recent years. Yeah. And, you know, Japanese women's pro wrestling fucking rules. Uh, it's been I mean, one of the most influential, you know, sectors of professional wrestling that's permeated throughout other parts of the business for decades. I mean, some of your favorite wrestlers, a lot of your favorite wrestlers have straight up stolen their moves from early 90s Joshi matches. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I did watch a lot of uh, All Japan Women's and I was a huge fan of the Arshin promotion in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, a lot of that stuff that you know, a lot of us states that haven't seen much of, but it is incredibly influential to your favorite types of wrestling. Uh, different styles, all different types. Um, yeah, just really nice to see it in practice now. And then uh, it, that match ended with Hikaru Shida uh, getting a win over Vaney, which that that match was was fantastic. Um, and then our uh, our our Japanese final was uh yuka sakazaki against rio mizunami and so we uh, talked about this last week we previewed it you picked yuka i picked mizunami and i was wrong mizunami gets the win yeah the underdog i mean coming through and getting through aja kong and then uh taking on sakazaki someone who you know is established in aew who has wrestled aew you know was on dynamite prior to uh covid stuff uh, kind of expected to win. I would say was favored going into it, despite Mizunami's big upset win over Kong. And uh, Mizunami goes over and uh, books herself a little spot um, in the uh, final on Dynamite. Indeed she does. And uh, we will talk about that coming up here shortly. As will we discuss the finalist of the American bracket as uh, that happened on a Monday broadcast. Uh, yes, now, did. I did not get to see all of that. So was there like anything in the pre-show? Yeah, it was a little half-hour show. Uh, there was a Maddie Renkowski match with, uh, shoot, Layla Hirsch, maybe? Mm, I, okay. There was something like that. It was a 30-minute show. There was a couple of matches uh, prior, and then, yeah, the main event was uh, was Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose. War of the Rosa Roses. In, indeed. Rosa. And there was a lot of saltiness about the result of this. Which it, is strange to me. I believe it. I mean... I, I I don't disagree that I would have liked to have seen Thunder Rosa go over, but at the same time, Nyla Rose is the actual AEW contracted wrestler. Yeah, and also, you know, a former women's champion and, you know, uh, uh, a top star. So, so yeah, it was, I mean, it was a really good match. Uh, another one that was really fun to watch. Nyla gets the victory, punches her t- ticket, and we get ourselves a Haas fight on Wednesday. Hell yeah. I mean, how did everybody not like the idea of a women's hoss fight? I was super into it. I was very excited. And, I, you know, knowing that Mizunami was going to be the opponent, I think, you know, putting Nyla there as as Mizunami's foe in that match was the right choice. And we're going to talk about that when we uh, run down Wednesday night. Indeed, we will. So, as, as, as we are wont to do, we will ask, Paul, did you watch Dark this week? 
I sure did, and I really want to talk about it. It was super interesting. So, uh, on July 24th, 1715, in celebration of the marriage of King Philip of Spain, the largest treasure fleet in maritime history set sail from Havana, Cuba. The $500 million worth of gold, silver, and jewels came to be known as the Queen's Dowry. Unfortunately, in his eagerness to consummate the marriage, King Philip ordered the fleet to sail at the worst time. God damn it, that is the 2008 film Fool's Gold. I was, you know what, I, that... I didn't know what movie that was. Fools. Okay, so <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Matthew McConaughey and wow. Kate Hudson. Another wow. McConaughey Kate Hudson joint. I have no. They were coming off that. They had, that. they had that big. Uh, that big. What's uh, how to lose a guy in ten days? Heat teaming mm-hmm. up again, trying to pull a Tom Hanks Meg Ryan situation, just doing movies together. Right. But yeah, that was uh, that's fool's gold. No, I did watch AEW Dark actually yesterday as part of a, a rare Twitch appearance. I was uh, on my Twitch stream at Twitch.tv/thickflare. Little birthday celebration stream. Hung out with the chat. We watched a few different matches uh, that were you know s- suggested and sent to me by the chat and some friends. Also, we watched some selections of AEW Dark. I did watch Abaddon's return match because Abaddon, obviously. So that uh, was uh, how did she look in that? She looked like Abaddon. Okay, she looked there. You go. Yeah. So that's how she ruled. She looked great. Uh, She continues to improve. And she talked about, I guess, did a little out of character interview. I think after she was uh, took some time away from TV, and kind of mentioned that maybe she felt like she wasn't really ready for a title run yet or that kind of big moment. So it might be for the best that we put a pin in that. But I don't think Abaddon and Hikaru Shida's program is over. I think that will be revisited at some point. I mean, she did get bitten, so. I mean, yeah, maybe it's a slow burn bite. Maybe it's like a new strain. We don't know. <laughs> you didn't happen to see uh, Impact at all, did you? Did not see Impact. Okay. Yeah, the the, the, the Impact stuff with, with Kenny Omega seems to have tapered off beyond, you know, well, on, I mean, on Dynamite. Kind of, it, they served their purpose. You know, it was to put over some of the pay-per-views and stuff. And now, obviously, the, the Kenny and John Moxley thing is, you know, what they're focused on. And uh, we'll get into that. We'll talk a little more about where I think that story is going and what the future of Kenny Omega's title run is going to look like. Um, but yeah, it's you know that they that ran that's co- their course there. And uh, the forbidden door is open. We can walk in and out of it whenever we want. You can go through the door. You can go through the door on the other side. You can pop in. You can pop your head over. You can do a Kramer entrance through the forbidden door and be like, "Hey, I'm here, Jerry." Good lord, just don't say any racial slurs. That's all we have. I, will, I see. I didn't even. I didn't even bring up the slurs. Um, I do know that that uh, Finn Juice will be challenging for uh, challenging the Good Brothers for the Impact Tag Titles on, I guess next Saturday at at Sacrifice. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it should be decent enough. I I should. Think. I'd really like to see Finn Juice uh, on a Wednesday night at some point. Uh, I mean, it's possible. There's a lot of matches they could have with the AEW's very deep tag division. It's possible. Although, if you see now, now uh, you know he. Now Juice's impact look is now out of date because he he's gone from the Blues Brothers look to uh, like kind of like a court jester uh, style pants. Now it's just nice to have fun. It, yeah, know? I mean, it, it, you never know what costume Juice. What if he started wearing like the wearing. John Daly golf pants? I'd be really into that, actually. <laughs> oh Lord! Just dressing like John Daly, got half a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. A John Daly wrestler. Now that I'm thinking about that, like a just like a fat drunk golfer gimmick. That has to have happened somewhere. We we got to book that. We, we, so, 
It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fat drunk golfer uh, tag teaming with uh, with the exotic animal catcher. Oh no, oh, God! You remember? Oh, the exotic my animal catcher is back, and he's tagging with fat drunk golfer. Okay, okay. Do, do 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 the Vince right now. Future champions. You you, you got to do the Ow. Vince right now. <laughs> Here's what we're gonna do. He's gonna be a golfer. Okay, and he's gonna take his clubs, and he's gonna pull them out of the bag, and he's gonna swing them, and he's gonna hit them, and he's gonna smoke a cigarette. <laughs> That's good shit, pal. You know that that was one of my favorite bits of all time was you doing <laughs> the, 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 the the Joe Exotic as Vince McMahon. The Exotic Animal Catcher will return. We just had to write him off TV for a while. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we're we're important. We care about storytelling. Uh, we care about you know uh, good solid arcs, and we don't want to overexpose uh, our special attractions. No, no, not at all, not not at all. Uh, and with Scott is in prison right now. And with that, we go live to Daly's place in Jacksonville, Florida, for episode sixty-nine. Nice. Wait, uh, Jeff, is that Carol Baskin's music? <laughs> God damn you! <laughs> Episode 69 of AEW Dynamite, your host, nice. Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. We go right into what should have been the strangest match of all time on Dynamite, but this ended up actually being quite entertaining. Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet versus Shaquille O'Neal and Jade Cargill. Hell yes, is all I got to say. But no, I actually have more to say than than that, than hell yes about this match. But yeah, you hit it. Very, very good match. Probably better than it had any business being. It, it was much better than it really. It was way better than it had any any godly right to be. And this includes Shaq just Shaq doing a tribute to Brody King or Brody Lee. Excuse, ugh, Jesus Christ, Brody Lee. I got my Brody's confused. Um. <laughs> Doing, Shaq just do, comes out just tattooed from head to toe. Well, yeah, there's that too. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shaq has joined God's hate. <laughs> Shaq will come out in an agnostic front T-shirt. I you would know. love like a like a metal Shaq. Oh my goodness! Heavy metal Shaq. Uh, Heavy metal Shaq just like walking out with Warhorse. <laughs> oh God! Uh, who who may? Who I I really don't think he was asleep. Warhorse. Never no, mind. you don't. It, that's a little. There's, maybe a little bit of a hotly de- debated. Yeah, hotly debated. Uh, hotly debated um, subject, but, but Shaq no, it, doing that power bomb on Cody with doing the tribute to to Brody Lee first. My God. Yeah, that that I really popped for that. Uh, obviously, somebody got to him, and it was very a very sweet tribute uh, for Shaq to do that from and, one big rig to another. And then Shaq going through the fucking tables. Yeah, Shaq Holy took a hell of a table spot. Jesus. I mean, he's. He flat backed that thing perfectly. My I mean, God, he, he he used all of his weight. And yeah, he his showing was great. Jade Cargill looked great. Red Velvet, I would say, was the X factor in this match. I think it really was held together by Red Velvet, just looking really great as an a just a perfect opponent for Jade. Uh, made her look really good. Uh, got some good offense in it as well. I think they're very high on Red Velvet over there at AEW. Uh, Jade Cargill gets the pin on Red Velvet with a uh, with a Dodon, and yeah. Ryus- and Ryusuke Taguchi suddenly gets really horny, but has no idea why. Respectfully, very respectfully horny. <laughs> um, afterwards, they 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 they. they 
they, they panned over and Shaq is, you know, knocked out. He he's he, he's out for the count. So they take him out to the ambulance. Tony Schiavone has to get a word and find out what the hell's going on with with Shaq. And they open the ambulance and Shaq is not there. Yep. So as we all know, uh, Shaq will be back in three weeks as the fiend. <laughs> wow. Oh goodness. That's uh, also a game. I would, like to, I would like to see like evil Shaq, like dark Shaq. He's uh he's got like some sort of like cool mask. He comes out to like a like a slowed down like swamp metal theme. <laughs> There's smoke machines. You know, I, I I don't hate the idea of the. What about fiend? Joker Shack? <gasps> no, <laughs> the Shack Joker. You know, I I don't hate the idea of the fiend. It's just it seems like the execution just really is not there. You know, I mean it's WWE. There's, I yeah, I think there's the bones of it good. I know there's a lot of Bray Wyatt haters out there. I still think Bray Wyatt's good. So that's a, that's for a different podcast. But I, I dig it. Yeah. Uh, our second match of the evening: the return of Billy Big Fish Bollocks. Billy uh, Big Bollocks Fish. Uh, the Bastard Pack and Ray Phoenix. They get into a. Quick squash with John Schuyler and somebody who I did not even catch his name. Yeah, I didn't catch the other guy. doesn't matter. They lost. But I do think using Pack and Phoenix uh, as a tag team is a nice little diversion. Makes me think that Pentagon is either going over at Revolution or that he's still nursing injuries and they want to keep him out of the ring for a little bit. Well, I mean, so- he is. He, Pendo Samiedo is uh, booked to be in that face of the revolution ladder match. So. Yeah, so I think that goes one of two ways. Either he straight up wins the match or he has a quick exit and doesn't get a whole lot in. Like maybe he's hurt early and kind of out of commission and kind they kind of limit his exposure because, I, you know, he's been off TV a little bit. And I think he's still nursing a little bit of an injury now. Well, um... let's expect again, unless he's back to 100 percent and they're just I... doing this uh, pack. And also... The pack don't sleep on Pack and Phoenix winning that battle royal. Well, you know there was, um, I, I believe Penta was was on AAA TV not too long ago, like this past week. But God, okay. al- but God alone knows when that was taped. Right, you know? right, so, true. Who knows? Um, yeah, well, we'll get into that when we talk predictions too. Right. Um, we then get a uh, a a strange uh, homage to WCW programming in that we get a still photo recreation yeah, of the what still happened. Photo thing was funny. Yeah. Uh, it, was that, funny. That was, like, it wasn't a pay-per-view. It wasn't like, you know, content that they made, they paywall behind, but they still decided to do the little still. Yeah, it, it was a little WCW homage on the day we found out that uh, James Crockett Jr. had died. Yeah, RIP, Jim Crockett Jr. Jim Crockett Very Jr. influential figure in professional wrestling. Well, the, the, the reason why we basically had WCW, because it was the, you know, out spun off from Jim Crockett Promotions. I mean, Correct. That's how it was. So, so yeah, that was a nice little tribute, and probably not the only tribute we're going to get to WCW tonight either. Probably not. Um, this leads into a segment with the Inner Circle doing a press conference, and that had way, way, way too much fucking barstool on it. I mean, a little bit of barstool is already way too much barstool. Yeah, you know what? Fuck barstool. More than zero barstool is too much barstool. God, I, I can't stand them. Barstool does indeed suck. They, they, they fucking stink. Um, Conrad Thompson was part of this. Conrad did show up. We got a little Eric Bischoff appearance oh, as well. Oh, God. Er- Easy E, Eric Bischoff back on TNT. And, yeah, then, you know, and then we get the Young Bucks 
coming in, cutting a, a promo about how great their dad was. And it was yeah, like, uh, over the long. This was, I would say, the most and the only really part of the honestly, yeah, the only part of the show that really fell flat for me. Yeah. Uh, prior it, to the physical stuff. Then the once once it got physical and we got into the fighting part, that was stuff was fine. And there was like some really good, like that in stereo table sentons thing was nice. Yeah. Or the elbow drops. That's what it was, elbow right, drops. Right, but there was a lot of inside baseball and, and just being the elite shit that was like, oh yeah, my god. And it was overly long. Like to follow up what was a really hot start to the show. Uh, yeah, that, that, this was the only part that I think was a little bit of a dip, but fortunately it got back on track pretty quick. Right. And the, the good brothers came out and they, you know, they're, they're still buds with the bucks. They're, they're, they're helping against the inner circle. You know, it's, it's all good. I'm, I'm sure this won't be angled in any way, shape or form. Nope. Um, nope. yeah, we'll never revisit it. Chekhov's good brothers. So they're right. Uh, and then, oh my God, the, the, now this might have been the segment that set the internet on fire. I I, I just wrote one word for this segment. I think you, you I think you know what that word is because I think I showed it to you. Tell them, tell them, tell the people. Onida! Onida! On sushi, yeah. fucking Onida on AEW programming. Which was really awesome. Now, on the other side of it, how disappointed were you when you found out that they tried to get him in person? Ah, oh, you know, that would have ruled, but I know that the whole pandemic thing is just killing stuff like uh, that. But it's unprecedented times. You can't really pull it off. But they did try. They made a concerted effort to, to see if they could feasibly get Onita over uh, to the States for this show. They couldn't do it, but it was really great to see Onita uh give his thoughts and kind of it's you know it's a de facto blessing uh from the king on this he, he, he even said it. he think he thinks that what uh what and he said it on twitter later that night too which ended up getting me i i i caught that follow from one mr atsushi onita thanks for following onita listen to the podcast we love you we love you man oh god i just i i really just hope uh brett from you know bahu fmw i just hope that this is just making his year <laughs> and all this especially yeah oh my goodness um yeah it was really cool to see onita and, on there. and oh my no, god i think we, it we, we had actual fmw footage on yeah, and AEW if you like want to hype this exploding barbed death match there is no better person literally no better person to do it yeah it, 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 you cannot get anybody else yeah i mean yeah. as far as stateside the only way to like get as big of a reaction would be mick foley but like you can't do that right now so no he, he no they, they can't um I mean, I wish he could. I mean, he always not under contract, is he? Ah, uh, you know, he might have one of those legends deals. Oh, that's true. He might, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Foley. I mean, Foley did a did a exploding barbed wire match, yes. of course, at, yeah, at Kawasaki like, Dream. Yeah, one yeah. of the only only other like familiar examples that I think a lot of mainstream American wrestling fans like when they think of an exploding barbed wire death match, that's probably where a lot of minds go. Yeah, it, it's either it, yeah, it's either that match with Funk at Kawasaki Dream, and, mm -hmm. or it's you know, of course, Onita. Absolutely, so, I wore my, my uh, I was wearing my Mick Foley uh, Cactus Jack Wanted poster shirt yesterday. Oh, one nice. of my tr a true all time great wrestling T shirt, really one of the best. It really is. It really is. Yeah, it's timeless. Our third match of the evening had uh, Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt against uh, FTR. Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood, and Tully Blanchard. Tully! With, Tully looked great, man. With J.J. freaking Dillon. Yes. 
Yes, this talk, was talk about your WCW riffs. Well, what was really great about this is it felt like a match of that era, like really and truly. And I know it's cliche to like call a throwback match like something that FTR does. And like, obviously that's what you're going to go for when you have Tully Blanchard wrestling, like a guy who hasn't been in the ring since 1989. But you know, it really did feel like you could have dropped that match in like a Saturday afternoon show that you'd like watch on TBS. Right. Yeah. Like something straight out of 1983 and in the, in the best way possible. Well, including the fuck finish, but yes. Yeah, but no, that's that's what it's supposed to have, though. Now, I now I have a problem here. Though. This is cla- like the classic fuck finish, like a really old school fist pack finish. I love right, that. No, no, okay, which is fine. That that is some. I the thing I had a problem with was Tully getting the pin on Luchasaurus because Tully's kind of cool. <laughs> no, but again, we go back to who's going to be who 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 has to show up in the ring the next day. Yeah, not Tully. I mean, you know? I don't think that's really going to hurt Luchasaurus that much. He got, and again, it was, you know, it was a dirty finish anyway. Well, it was a so, dirty finish. It took three people to put him down, but still at the same time, exactly. you know, Tully's not going to be wrestling again anytime soon. We don't think. You don't think maybe he's going to go full time. You don't know. He's in great shape. Maybe he's doing his DDP yoga. Uh, he's going to be Tully Blanchard against <laughs> Nick Camarado on AEW Dark. Oh my God. Oh God. <laughs> Tully Blanchard is getting thrown around. <laughs> And we'll still win anyway, because Tully's the sixth entrant in the ladder match. And now, and now, Sean Spears is is back in good graces with uh, Team Tully, I guess. Yep. Uh, yep. Okay. Looks like doing some sort of Horseman adjacent type situation on the way. Yeah, I guess. Whatever. Yeah, including. Hey, look, there's. I JJ think Dillon. using Sean Spears as like an enforcer type in a stable is probably the best way forward for him. I think that will work. Uh, just, I think uh, maybe him as being a piece of something like that rather than like the feature player is probably his best spot. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think Sean Spears is a bad wrestler. I think he's actually pretty good. He's got a great reputation as being like a really good guy to work with in the ring. Uh, you know, he's a consummate pro. He doesn't fuck up a whole lot. Uh, you know, it's just trying to find the right character for him. The Perfect Ten thing was a lot of fun. Obviously, that's run its course. So we got to find a new way forward for him. I think heel stable is the way to go. Um. Immediately following, we get Tony Schiavone out, and it looked like at first he was going to be interviewing FTR and Sean and, and Tully, but no, he transitioned it into the AEW on-screen debut of one Mr. Paul White. Well, it's a Paul White. <laughs> Does that have the same ring to it? Well, no, not it's really. a guy named Paul. <laughs> Would you know about huge guys named Paul? I mean, I am like a relatively average size guy named Paul. Okay, fair enough. Um, so I guess Paul White's gimmick now is that he's he he's Dave Meltzer or one of these internet scoop artists because <laughs> teasing a big signing this coming Sunday at Revolution. I would love to see uh, Paul White just go on like a whiny like Bix style Twitter thread. <laughs> hey, I like Bix. No, Bix is great. I just he's funny on Twitter. No, I think I think Bix is very good. So uh, yeah, so it, it's kind of a weird weird take for Paul White to do. But you know what? If he's going to do the no, I mean this thing... is this is what they're yeah exactly. He's going to be a commentator for AEW Dark Elevation. They want to kind of legitimize him as you know in his early on screen roles here. He's definitely going to wrestle, but they're going to hold that back, which is good. They should they should save him for like really big feature matches. I would expect his first match to probably be at double or nothing. 
if I were a guessing man at this point, they might even wait longer. You know what, though? At the same time, uh, you know, if they got Shaq right there. They do have Shaq. And that's if been they some... finally do that Paul They've White been trying Shaq to make match. that match work for like five years. So... If they finally do that match. Holy I'm shit. into it. I mean, after seeing Shaq wrestle, I'm super into it. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, who saw that coming? Talk about they could have a, like a seven minute Haas fight that I think would be a lot of fun on a pay per view. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you it doesn't even have to be ten minutes. You can make that one. You know, emphasize big, strong entrances, a lot of stare downs, a lot of you know stalking each other, a lot of top collar and elbow tie ups, and then like a couple of big spots. Let's go home. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't have a problem with that at all. That'd be really into that. I, 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 I don't have a problem with that. Big meaty men slapping meat. On a related note, our fourth match of the evening, the final of the women's eliminator tournament, Nyla big, Rose big slapping meat. Nyla Rose versus Ryo Mizunami, the uh, the USA and Japanese bracket final winners up against each other. Uh, this was a women's hoss fight. Lady Hoss fight, and it rocked. It was a lot of fun. Mizunami and Lila had great chemistry. Mizunami, uh, you know, someone I talked about on this podcast last week as uh, I think that she's a perfect fit for the AEW women's roster and its current makeup. There's a lot of great matches she could have with a lot of the talent that's already on the roster. And uh, this was early proof of that. Uh, she's really good. Love her personality. Love her look. Love her entrance music. It all fits for me. Uh, so the result was one that I really liked. Ryo Mizunami gets the win Ryo. over Nyla Rose Mizunami. and wins the women's eliminator tournament. Huge upset beats Nyla Rose one, two, three, fair and square with a top rope guillotine leg drop. Ah, uh, you know what? I, yeah, I have no complaints about this match whatsoever. No, it was great. It was None. great this... putting over an incoming talent who I expect to see on the roster as like a mainstay, I think, in the near future. And, and it was somebody that could match Nyla, too. Like, physically Absolutely. match and, Nyla. Uh, you know, well, we're going to preview Revolution, but uh, Shida and Mizunami have a pretty long history that they can tap into for this. Oh, they do, and they did uh, at the at the end as, uh, yeah, they kind of got into it. And then uh, I, and I saw some dipshit on Twitter saying, you know, keep the, the elbow strikes in Japan. Like, shut the fuck shut up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> fuck yeah, you. shut the fuck up. That segment ruled. And they, and they, and they were clubbing. Strike should be an elbow or a European uppercut. Fight and, me. And, and furthermore, they were, uh, they were slowing each other. Yeah, did. absolutely. Like, also, like Sheeta, uh, we we love white pantsuit Sheeta. Oh, that was great. Yeah, that when when Sheeta look. looks like a daytime talk show host, we, you know, you know, it's going to be serious. <laughs> uh, we transition from that into a, a just uh, Sheeta with like a microphone, like today on Sheeta, <laughs> zombie bites. <laughs> Are they dangerous? Stay tuned. Have so you been bitten by a zombie? We're going to talk to somebody who has me. <laughs> we transition from that into a promo with Steve Stinger that immediately gets interrupted by Ricky Starks. And uh, yeah, Ricky Starks uh, actually shows some respect towards Sting. Yeah, this is the this is the go home show or this is the go home promo. So you got to show some reverence and legitimize your opponent uh, while, you know, also maintaining that uh, confidence that Ricky Starks is becoming so known for. 
Indeed. Uh, this, of course, does turn into a complete schmoz between Team Taz and Darby with Darby Allen involved. Yes, and I'm really hyped for this street fight, Jeff. I think they did a really good job building this. I think the storyline's nice. Uh, Darby and Sting make a great pair, and they're doing what this whole thing is really set to do, which is raise Team Taz profile and, uh, you know, showcase Darby as the main event level talent he is. Our fifth match of the evening, a uh, a, a, a qualifier match for the face of... The Revolution ladder match. It is uh, Face of the Revolution. Number ten, Preston Vance of the Dark Order versus Max Caster of the Acclaimed. And uh, hey, look, it's negative one. Yay! Quick note: uh, something else I saw on AEW Dark was uh, some of Dark Order stuff and uh, an Acclaimed uh, spot and match. They did like a little. He did another one of his little uh, like like diss videos that was pretty funny. Um, and yeah, we love negative one. We love him. He appears him and Preston Vance are just so sweet together. Yeah. Uh, um, stuff. And then, uh, we should probably talk about where, what, what, one of the most attention drawing moments of the night was Max Caster's opening bars <laughs> where he said, uh, uh, gonna light you up like Lady Gaga's dog walker. Ooh, Lordy. Ooh, hot, <laughs> hot take. All right. All right. So was it in poor taste? Yes, yeah. very much so. Did did I laugh? Also, yes. I, I I got. I don't know if I laughed. I was like, oh god. <laughs> was, I mean, yeah, he ooh. definitely went there, but yeah. uh, it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't very poor taste, and we we it was we don't, definitely we, in poor taste. We, 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 I'm not going to dispute we, we that. We don't. We don't condone this sort of thing. Oh, look, I'm not saying I condone it, but again, I, I have to be honest with myself. I thought it was funny. Uh once again, we have an interference finish with uh, Matt Hardy and Jack Evans uh, helping Max Caster get the win. Yeah, over... Jack Evans comes out from underneath the ring and uh, hits number 10 with a boombox. Uh, as you know, Matt Hardy is, is uh, has vendetta against the Dark Order. Yeah, this was a Adam nice way Page. to move that forward. Uh, really interesting to see Max Caster get this spot. Uh, I think when you know the acclaim comes out, a lot of people think of uh, Anthony Bowens as the guy to do like the be the bulk of the in-ring work, while Max Caster is more the mouthpiece. But Caster had a really good match. Preston Vance, I think, is a really strong worker, and uh, they put on a really good show here. I like this match a lot. In like uh, a match that was you know not as featured as like a lot of the big time angles uh, in the show, uh, this one was really good. Uh, so Max Caster advances to the face of the revolution ladder match at revolution. And then we get a promo for Miro, which the promo itself wasn't bad. I'm just really tired of, uh, of Kip and Miro against Chuck Taylor. And yeah, we continue to, to pine for the departure of Miro from, from Kip Sabian and to kind of be this Miro right here, the more intense. And he even mentioned it in the promo as like, people want me to be more intense. Well, here you go. Uh, so he's even acknowledging, like, I, I think what the, the fan feedback around his early AEW run has been. Uh, you know, when we see him, you know, in his natural element and, you know, being the the big, scary ass kicker that he is, that's the, the way to utilize Miro. So hopefully we get to that. I hope the match on Sunday uh, shows off that Miro so we can kind of get him. I hope he turns, but we'll see. Uh, we then get a preview for Revolution, which we are going to discuss here shortly. Yes, and we then we go into our main event of the evening, in which Adam Page and John Silver of the Dark Order face off against Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn of Private Party. Um, 
the match itself was kind of okay. I mean, it was yeah. it was a, a tag match. The thing I liked the most in this was at the very end when Negative One orders the entire damn Dark Order <laughs> to kill Matt Hell Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Oh my goodness. And then, you yeah, know, all hell wants for... to run natural, man. This kid's a star. We say it every time he shows up, but like, yeah, I mean, the, the charisma and confidence he has at eight years old is really remarkable. And, and, and the fact that he has a whole cult willing to, to, to listen to him. I'm, hey, that's what charisma does. Yeah, I mean, hey, bring, bring it on. Yeah, if you, if, 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 if you can get, if you can get a whole cult to go with you at I eight mean, years well, old. That's uh, you know, that's a good start. It's a good solid foundation with which to uh, to base yourself. I mean, most totally normal. He's gonna have a regular childhood. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing, nothing weird about this will come <laughs> at all. Uh so with that, we end episode with 16. a big dust up. There's with a the the show ends with a giant multi tag dust up to kind of hype up the uh, tag team battle royale. Indeed. So uh, so like every tag team that's going to be on that show, which I really enjoyed. This is a really great. I like when go home shows finish like this in just chaos. I think that's a really great way to hype a pay per view for everything to end in like on a big high note and you know with a lot of energy. Yeah, I mean, this was this might have been the best go home that AEW's done. There's been some really good ones. They are good well, at putting. There, out... There've been some really poor ones too. Is... Right, <laughs> so... but like the one before, like the the pre full gear one was very good. Uh, pre double or nothing last year was really great. There have been some, and honestly, the pre all out one was really good, despite the despite all out uh, last year not being their strongest performance. No. The Gome show. Yeah, <laughs> I still kind of have a little bit of. Anxiety. I still have a little bit of anxiety from All Out. They're allowed to have bad pay-per-views now. They've done enough shows that like some of them can be bad. It's fine. All right. So with that, should we go through uh, Revolution real quick? We should. We're going to take a, but a quick hit because AEW is going to uh, put out a little more content prior to Sunday's Revolution. They're doing a special Saturday edition of AEW Dark that will be airing uh, just a few hours after the time of this recording. Um, it's going to be on YouTube. They uh, put, I want to say, like 12 matches. Yes, yeah, so there's a 12-match AEW Dark card. There probably will be some tie-in to the pay-per-view. So just a real quick rundown uh, Dark Orders 5 and 10 taking on a couple of jobbers. Thunder Rosa taking on Tesha Price. Uh, Jack Evans against Jake St. Patrick. Lance Archer and John Schuyler. Uh, Pentagon wrestling Osriel. Oh, wow. So that'll be his tune-up. These are all who, your who, Who's Osriel? I'm, I'm kind Osriel of... is... Uh, he's an indie guy. I've seen him somewhere before, but yeah. Is he a, uh, mas- the is he a, is he a masked indie guy? I don't know if he's masked. Mm, I okay. can't remember, but I guess we'll see. Uh, the Natural Nightmares are taking on Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi. Uh, Gun Club uh, will be wrestling uh, D3 and Mbadu. Uh, Layla Gray wrestling Ty Conti. Uh, Angel Fashion and Fuego Del Sol against Team Taz's Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. J.D. Drake, who has been uh, showing up nothing but big in his AEW performances so far. Taking on Chuck Taylor. That's one I want to check out. Oh, wow. Uh, Bear Country against Cameron Stewart and Sean Risen. And you have uh, Chaos Project, or as the Joker calls them, Regular Project, taking on <laughs> Luther and Sir, or taking on uh, Matt and Mike Seidel. All righty. So let's go through the... Um... Let's go through this. Uh, our pre-show match, the buy-in, will be 
Riho and Thunder Rosa versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. DMD. And, 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 and Rebel. Reba. Rebel. Reba. Rebel. Reba. <laughs> Rebel Reba. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, so that'll be our pre show match. Um, I could see the heels going over in this one just to continue the feud with. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. You would, I would think, but I think, you know what? Screw it. You're probably right, but I'm going to say Riho gets the pin. That's going to be on, my. On I'm whom? Say Riho pins Reba. Okay, fair enough. Um, Riho pins. That's my prediction on that. We then get a casino tag team battle royale. And of course, the list I have here doesn't have all the teams listed here. So. They're basically every tag team on the roster is in this. Okay. So the, the, if, unless they have another match. Oh, tonight, wait. Here they are. Here. I wait. I got I got the list right here. I should have just scrolled down. Oh, shit. Let's go. Okay. So we have Bear Country. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, we have. Two teams from the Dark Order. We have uh, the Beaver Boys, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and then we have the the OG, actual, in fact, Dark Order of Evil Uno and Sue Grayson. Right on. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we have EYFBO, Santana and Ortiz. Uh, we get the Butcher and the Blade. We get Private Party, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. We get... Our uh, two prongs of El Triangulo de la Muerte, Pac y Rey Phoenix. The Tuning si- Fork de la Muerte. The, the Seidel brothers, Matt and creepy Mike Seidel. Oh. Um, another Dark Order team of uh, Allen Five Angels and number 10 Preston Vance. Uh, 15. The, I'm calling them 15. We're calling them 15. <laughs> the Gun Club, uh, Austin and Colton Gun. Uh, the Little Gun. The the pretty picture, uh, Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi. Love that. Uh, we get SCU, uh, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian, Natural Nightmares, Dustin Road, QT Marshall, the Varsity Blondes, your beautiful Woo! baby boy and his idiot cousin. Let's go. And then finally, uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Um, yeah, that is quite a uh, a rundown of tag teams. Again, basically the whole division is, that is a lot. battle royal. Uh, TH2 not in there, interestingly enough. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to be like... Which makes me think they're probably going to be involved in the Matt Hardy, Adam Page stuff. Yeah. They'll probably be ringside for that, would be a guess of mine. I am taking uh, Pac and Phoenix. You know what? I like it. I like it. Uh, My alternate alternate pick will be Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. All right. Love it. My alternate pick. Um... that one's going to be fun. I think AEW is good at battle royals and the tag team rules, you know, uh, and the stipulations I think are going to make for some really interesting stuff. Yeah. Battle royals can be a real clusterfuck though. So. They can be, but uh, again, AEW has a good track record. And when a battle royal is good, they're a lot of fun. Uh, we have uh, best friends, uh, Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy versus Miro and Kip Sabian. And um, I'm hoping that the best friends go over just so this feud fucking ends. Yeah, I'm taking Orange and Chuck. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they need a win here. Uh, we have the Face of the Revolution ladder match. Now, uh, there's still a TBA uh, participant in this, but the, the, the members that we have right now are Cody Rhodes, Scorpio Sky, Lance Archer, Max Caster, and Penta Cero Miedo. I'm taking TBA. I think whoever the the surprise entrant is is going to win the match, and I will explain why 
once we talk about the main event. Well, it sounds like, you know, that that's usually how this uh, goes. Well, wait, the, ma- uh, the main event, uh, you say? Yes. Because this is for a oh, future shot TNT for the TNT time. shot, so. Oh, so the street fight, whatever. Okay, all right. I still think it ties in. Uh, okay, all right. Well, we'll see. Um, you know what? I'm hoping for Penta, of course, because Penta deserves, you know, some shine here. Absolutely. Um, but again, I think the uh, I I don't know if Penta is totally ready to go yet. Yeah, that yeah, that's going to be the thing. How how uh, how healed up he is? Because I think if Penta's a hundred percent, you have Penta and Phoenix tagging in the Battle Royale and packing this match. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Possibly. I mean, it, it's possible. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. But I, yeah, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot from Penta besides a way to write him out of the match. Next up, we get the big money match between Big Money, Adam Page, and Matt Hardy. The winner receives the loser's 2021 first quarter earnings. Yes. So I, a lot of the, I think the traditional thinking on this is that Matt Hardy wins to kind of, you know, get Adam page down even more like as part of progression for his dark order storyline and arc. And that makes a lot of sense. However, I kind of look at it as dark order helps hangman win and get the payday. And that's what brings him close. Yeah, I think so I, I'm I, taking Adam. I'm taking Adam page here. I, I am too. And besides, because yeah, I, I think so too. I think they they really are starting. They need to start building Adam Page back up after. Obviously, I think either way you can still get to the same result, but I think they do it through a victory. Yeah, I, I think so. Too. Uh we then get uh, the AEW Women's World Championship: Hikaru Shida versus the Women's Eliminator Tournament winner Rio Mizunami. Ooh, that's hell of a match. This, this is a this tough is... call. This might be the best pure pro wrestling that you see. Um, they have a lot of history. One of the things that they were uh, talking about on the I don't know if you watch any of that Revolution Countdown stuff or any of the clips or uh, uh, I, I did not. Um, no. Okay, some of it was pretty good. And during the preview segments uh, for this match, uh, Mizunami had talked about when she met Hikaru Shida ten years ago. Uh, she told Shida, "You could wrestle for a hundred years and never beat me." And Sheeta oh. also brought that up and said that that's always stuck with her. Uh, they've wrestled two, they wrestled three times to a draw each time, Jeff. Oh, damn. So they have three draws against each other. This is a really, really intriguing matchup, and the result is going to be interesting either way. I think Sheeta wins this match. Yeah, I, I think so too to, to retain just because again, Hikaru Shida. Mizunami, actually... you could even make a case for Mizunami like after all the adversity and like upsets she's like gotten to to this point, um, beating Aja Kong, beating Nyla Rose. These are big, big, huge wins. And even for an AEW fan, if you're not as familiar with Mizunami, you know who these people are, and uh, you you see Mizunami gets a win over these big giant talents. And uh, you can think, yeah, maybe she can pull it off. I think Sheeta wins. I don't think this is the end of her run, but I think we're on the tail end of Sheeta's run. And I think by double or nothing, we probably end up with a new women's champion. Yeah, I think so too, because Sheeta's held this belt for a long time. It's been a long run, but yeah, I think we're going to start seeing some title changes all over the roster pretty soon. Uh, We have, speaking of titles, uh, we have uh, Executive Vice Presidents Matt and Nick Jackson versus... Chris Jericho and MJF for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. 
Definitely I, some ups and downs to the storyline and the buildup of this match. <laughs> yeah. I, I still think that the Bucks are going to retain because um because uh this will be the 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 predication for the inner circle to finally break up. Ah, see. I also think this will be a predication for the uh, inner circle to break up, but I think it's going to be through new tag team champions. I think Jericho and MJF find a way to win this match, and MJF is such an insufferable little shit about it to the rest of the inner circle that that's what finally does it. And when Jericho is left with nobody but MJF, then they lose and Jericho is left all alone. So I think that they will have a short tag team title run, and they will be dropping the belts to an up-and-coming tag team, maybe a top flight, maybe a private party, maybe an acclaimed even. Hmm. Uh, okay. I, I still think I'm I'm gonna go with the Bucks retain though. I, okay. I think that's uh I think that's uh where that's going. So um we get the street fight between Darby Allen and Sting versus Brian Cage and Ricky Starks of Team Taz. Ooh. I'm just excited for an old school dust up here. I think this match is going to have, we've talked about the backlot brawl being really influential in a lot of what AEW does with these match styles. And I think this one will also have some backlot brawl vibes because anytime they get into these type of matches, especially when you have guys like Sting involved, I expect Dustin Rhodes to, uh, to have input and uh, impact on these type of matches. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be shockingly violent, I think. Um, I'm a little bit worried for Sting's well-being. <laughs> Just a little bit. I am minorly worried for Sting's well-being. Uh, but I think this is going to be a really hot match that uh, finishes with Darby being victorious. Darby getting the pin. Under, really? I See, See, I think it's going to be Cage or Starks getting the pin so that um, they can do another challenge for the TNT Championship. Also very fair. I, I that's that's what I'm seeing. Okay. Um, but you, you could be right, of course. So what do you uh? What kind of weapons do you think Sting's gonna use? You think the black? It's gonna be obviously the black baseball bat. Yeah, obviously, and then just kind of whatever else he can find. What would be the most fun weapon they could like randomly pull out in the street fight for you? Marco stunt. <laughs> just grab Marco and just toss him. Swing him. Yeah, just swing him the by that, the ankles. The way that Luther uses Serpentico as a weapon in their matches. Exactly. Just give him the dart throw. Yeah, no, I really like that. Um, I'm going to say the kitchen sink. And the actual remember kitchen would, sink. Remember when they would pull out the kitchen sink in the match? <laughs> You'd be like, well, they have everything but the kitchen sink. Oh, there's the kitchen sink. Oh, lordy. <laughs> um. And then finally, our main event of this show, the Exploding Barbed Wire Deathmatch. Exploding uh, Barbed Wire Deathmatch! Now, okay, so hang on. So somebody brought up a very good point. With all the rules that Omega has said, what the, you know, the, the rules of this deathmatch, the full title of this deathmatch, and I gotta bring up the tweet. So the, the full, the full stipulations of the deathmatch are exploding barbed wire board triple hell landmine 30 minute time bomb deathmatch yes correct so three sides of the ring ropes will be wrapped in barbed wire yes contact with barbed wire will trigger explosives on the corresponding side the triple hell are three floor zones wired to barbed wire and explosives so should you go outside of the ring and land on the platforms there you will also explode uh, there is a 30-minute countdown on the match, so it is a 30-minute time limit. 
at the expiration of that time limit, it all blows up. Everything left just all blows up. Oh yes, uh, th- this is a, a this is an a, a, an FMW match. Talk about callbacks. This is definitely checkoff stipulation. This match is going thirty minutes, and all that shit's blowing up. Like oh, there's just no other way. They around. have to. Or you know what though? They they've done it before where they had the time limit, but then there's also like a panic button somewhere where you can just hit it, and then it'll it'll count down because they did that in. Um... Just off the top of my head, I'm sure there's going to be about 20 other examples of this too. But the the one that is off the top of my head was the Great Muda versus Great Nita um, double hell uh, barbed wire death match. Double that hell was, sounds so cool. That was in uh, that was in New Japan because Onita just hit a button and started the countdown. I love it. Just hey guys, wait quick, we need something that's uh, crazier than double hell. Wait, I got it. Triple hell. Yeah. Woo. So, it's uh yeah um <laughs> this is definitely gonna go th- this has to go 30 minutes although you know what remember the last time though that they talked about you know if if it goes over tv time we're gonna you know we're we're gonna keep at it and they didn't do it All right well this is a pay-per-view so well, that's they, true. they have a little bit different time stipulations and things i just expect it because they said that's gonna happen they have to do it now um, I think Kenny either wins the match or we go to a time limit draw. Either way, Mox doesn't win the belt here. I think so too. And I'm just saying that I think Kenny's going to re- retain the belt, uh, for several reasons. Number one, executive vice president, Kenny Omega. Okay. Um, so num- num- think- num- but the other point is that so far AEW have done like long title runs on the, on the world, on the world title. They have. These are uh, all because tr- Chris Jericho held it for what was it like eight months? I think. From yeah, from so August. Of, wait, from August to no, that was like Something six. Like, that was six months. Six seven months. Yeah, John then, Moxley a little over a year, right? Uh, no, John Moxley held it for nine, mo- uh, nine months. He held it for nine months because that was okay. from late February at at Revolution to early early December. At winter right. is coming. So, so. so Kenny's on a three month run here now. Okay, so here's here's my side of it. One. Um, I said the TNT thing was going to tie in uh, later. I didn't get a chance to mention. Let me circle back really quick. I think the TBA, whoever wins that, is winning the the title belt from Darby. Um, And also, I think that the reason Kenny Omega is going to win this match is because I think... You want to hear a hot take, a bold prediction, Jeff? We're going to finish this off with a bold prediction. I think Kenny Omega loses the AEW championship as soon as this coming Wednesday night. Oh, okay. Based on so, what? An exploding barbed wire death match, right? This is the ringer. This is like the real uh, uh, toughest, you know, most violent match that they could possibly come up with. No way, win or lose, that you come out of the other side unscathed. There's just no way, right? This is going to take a ton out of uh, uh, John Moxley and Kenny Omega both. This is, it has to be the end. Of, this has to be the blow off, right? This is a finale. This is like a season finale of a match. It's just too big of a deal. So I think the best thing to do after a match like this is to reload and refresh. And a great way to get Kenny, get that belt off of Kenny without, you know, diminishing Kenny Omega too much is he gets challenged and has to defend his belt on Wednesday night, but he's so damaged from the exploding barbed wire death match that he just doesn't have it in him to do so. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening, to be honest. But you know what? You you could be right. I'm a bold man with bold predictions on a bold podcast. Jeff. Now, 
But let me ask you, I mean, does this harm Moxley if, you know, Moxley, the guy who came from death matches to not win this match and then no. not get the, AE, the AEW title back? No, Moxley could lose every match for the rest of his career and everyone will still love him. Nobody cares. He's fine. Um, and, he still no. has, and he still has a New Japan title. Yeah, and I also think, you know, him going through a very damaging match like this is a nice way to, to write him off TV for a while so he can go be with his pregnant wife and his new child on the way. That's so true. I think maybe uh, Moxley's taking a little time off here. Maybe you're right. You maybe not right. this soon, but this might be a good way to get him off TV I, for a little bit. I can't imagine Renee Paquette is uh, very happy about this. <laughs> yeah, she will, <laughs> she's going to be watching like with her hands like sort of over her eyes, you know, like oh, a little, yeah. peeking through a little bit, being like, no, no. You know, gotta be well, things that Renee Paquette has to put up with. It's got to be stressful. Uh, husband, uh, a, a husband who does exploding barbed wire death matches, who kidnaps young lions. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? If there's anything that proved he's going to be a great father, it's uh, his time with Shooter. That's right. He, he the way he. So he, we know that he's going to be a great dad because he's already proven it. <laughs> I'm your dad now. What? <laughs> um, now. We, we do have to discuss the one thing. It would be very that... funny if he named his child Shooter. Oh, God. <laughs> Shooter Moxley. Shooter wait, Good. Shooter it, Good's actually a really sweet wait, name. Would it actually be Shooter or would it be Shota? Oh, it'd be Shooter. Just straight Shooter. up Shooter. Shooter, Shooter Good. Shooter Good. Um, Shooter Good is an awesome name. I'm going to be real. Isn't there a country music artist named that? There will be after he's born. <laughs> um, now, you, you know the, re the only reason why they are able to do this exploding barbed wire death match where the likes of ECW and, and uh, combat zone and GCW have, have completely failed to be able to put on an exploding barbed wire death match on us soil. You know what the, I mean, it's, the reason it's expensive. it's expensive. And, um, those companies cannot book a whole NFL stadium the way that AEW can. Yeah, so I was talking about this with some friends. Do you think that the ring is going to be on the football field? Oh, I think they they totally have to for safety. That's what reasons. I was thinking too. I heard oh, for safety say reasons. The they have to. Yeah, yeah, because that's even, what I, yeah, yeah, because when when even when New Japan ran theirs, look at the locations that they held their their barbed wire death matches. They hold they held it in the Tokyo Dome where there's room so that the yeah. uh, the crowd isn't in direct line, or at Jingo Stadium. Yeah, I mean, they could clear that front row of, like, wrestlers at Daly's Place and still be fine. Uh, you know, as long as they, just, they just clear out that floor section, and you know, because all the fans are up in the stands. There's no fans on the floor even Yeah, but even, even so, I think that for safety, I think they have to I, I think they have to do it out on the football field. Interesting. Yeah, I kind of thought that first, too, so I'll be intrigued to see where it is, because I know I've seen a mock-up of the built ring already, so. Yeah, well, and, yeah. and plus, that way they can, they can set up the ring in... They can set it up on the football field and not have to take any extra time to set up, you know, to, to kill time. Because remember, that was one of the things that killed All Out was the extra time they had to take to set up the ring for that fucking uh, Mimosa match. Yeah, I'm hoping they learn their lesson there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking they, they'll, they'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, Either way, it, this match is going to rock and I'm incredibly excited for it. Uh, I, yeah, this is going to be one of the wildest things. This is going to be one of the wildest matches ever in American wrestling. Yeah, I expect it to deliver. I think Kenny and Moxley are the two perfect guys to be doing this type I, of match and I really, uh, here really, in these United States. And I really hope the explosions actually go off as they're supposed to. 
I mean, I you know, their pyro team seems pretty proficient. I wouldn't expect them to do this, you know, half-assed. I, I think that they are going to make sure that this goes off the right way. Now, are we going to have the referee in, like, a hazmat suit and freaking out when the when the time's ticking down like they, I, they, like if, they did in FMW matches? If that means they put Bryce Remsberg in a hazmat suit, I hope so. Did I just say hazmat? You did. So uh, <laughs> it's a it's a hazmat suit made of ham, designed by Lady Gaga. See, oh, we tied it back into Lady Gaga. Wonderful. It, it, yeah, is Bryce Rumsberg going to be refereeing the match with a ham sandwich? I guess bulletproof ham vest. <laughs> oh God, what did you like just a, say? Like a YouTube video, like can ham stop a bullet? Not oh. clickbait. Oh Jesus Christ. Oh my God! Um, so yeah, this is uh, yeah, this is going to be quite a show. Uh, unfortunately, this is going to be on a Sunday, which means we can't do a recap show until Monday or Tuesday at the earliest. So this, uh, yeah, we, we unfortunately the, the, the uh, unfortunately the delays that that I've been having to put up with are going to be continuing for a while. Um, yep. So this is going to be still a Saturday show for the for at least the the, the next few weeks. So sorry, yep. sorry for anybody who who looks forward to you us. Know, on we Wednesdays. will uh, we we will get to a revolution recap as fast as we possibly can. It'll definitely be out before Wednesday's Dynamite. So it will. Yeah, please we, stick with us. Uh, I'd like to thank all of our listeners uh, for helping us uh, by continuing to listen as we make some adjustments here. We obviously want to get the podcast out to you as fast as possible. One of you know the value propositions of this podcast is that we're instant. We do it quickly. Uh, we get our thoughts out there fast for uh, you know instant analysis and conversation uh, for you, the listener. So stick around. We will get that recap out. We will be watching Revolution on sun- Sunday night, as I hope you all will be too, because it's going to be a great show. So, uh, yeah, so in the meantime, just uh, hang out, uh, you know, check out our Twitter feed. And, uh, Paul, what is that Twitter feed? It is BGTD Podcast on Twitter, at BGTD Podcast. We'll definitely be tweeting about the show, about upcoming events. I'll probably do throw in some AEW Dark tweets tonight before I watch UFC, big UFC card tonight. So I'll be checking that out, too, as well. Um we will uh, be updating you on when those episodes come out. Make sure that you can get them. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, be it iTunes or Spotify or Google Podcasts or wherever you get a podcast. Make sure you, you subscribe, your notifications are turned on, and that episode will get to you as fast as possible. You can also follow me on Twitter at TV. Check out my other podcast, Returning Soon, the Fake Fight, Real Fight podcast, a combat sports entertainment podcast. Our return episode I'm very, very excited about, so check that out. You can follow that at FFRFPod on Twitter. Uh, and uh, follow my Twitch, twitch.tv slash thickflare, where I've been doing some more streams and uh, having a little bit of fun. So uh, come come see me. Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. My personal Twitter at GDWessel2S1L. Uh, last week, uh, we released a new Strong Style Story. Uh, there may be a busting balls this week. I know I said that last week, too. I don't know if there's going to be one, though. I, I'm, I'm just deciding whether or not I, I have it in me between uh, this and the uh, the Revolution uh, recap. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to have it Folks, we got content me. to crank up. The almighty content. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, yeah, just uh, keep listening to us here on the PWOM Podcast Network. And uh, with that, Paul, any last words for this episode? Exploding barbed wire deathmatch. Onita!
We'll Those see are some you. good ass last words right there. They are. Uh, we will see you um, probably Monday or Tuesday with our Revolution recap. So stay tuned. We'll uh, talk to you then. Enjoy the show, everybody. Thank you. Bye.